Welcome to another Sunday session on NRL.com. The dust is just beginning to settle on a thrilling round 18. The top eight is sorted now. My co-pilot, Kenny Scott, is with me as always. Kenny, thank you for being here. CK, as always, thanks for having me back yet, yet again. I'm surprised you let me in, but here we are. Yeah, once again, I've still got to do about it. And our special guest this week, Channel 9 presenter, Erin Molan. Erin, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm surprised you've had me at all. But yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jens. We'll know in half an hour if you're invited back or not. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm usually, this is my Friday. I'm usually about four wines in by now. So I'm actually quite happy if you we, ever want me back we, again. We, <laughs> if yeah. being we, we appreciate it. Unless it's the, a four o'clock game, the latest game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we're back to the early games next week, luckily, which is a good mm. result for everyone. Um, let's kick off with the game that we were just having a quick chat about off air the Sharks and the Warriors. I think. Um, no disrespect to Cronulla or their fans, but most of rugby league was hoping for the fairy tale to live on for one more week and the Warriors to win. Erin, what were your thoughts over the dying stages of this one? Yeah, I was gutted, to be honest, and it's not because I'm not fond of the Sharks. I think, you know, I think they're a great team. I really like John Morris. I'm a good friend of Paul Gallen. But I tell you what, I was rooting for the Warriors really, really hard. I think a lot of people were as well. They've been the story of the year, and it would have been the story of the year had they made the top eight. I think they've just done an incredible job with the roster that is subpar. I don't think anyone would argue against that. It's certainly not the roster that that we see in other teams. But, yeah, heartbreaking, to be honest. But Mm. look at the other side of it. I am really happy for the Sharks. You look, they had no Chad Townsend. They had no uh, Graham. They had no yeah. Moylan. That's a pretty incredible effort against a team who's been punching above its weight all year. I thought Sean Johnson was fantastic. He was captain for the first time against a team that essentially made him. He was at the Warriors for just under a decade. So, look, happy for the Sharks, happy for Rudolph, happy for Mulatalo, who's just a sensational human being. I was so glad to see him get a double. He's their leading try scorer this year. He's also just a genuinely great human being. He does a, a charity that looks after young mm. people who are doing it tough. He had a really rough upbringing bringing with a single mum and, and not much money. They were living in a shed at one stage and he now gives back. So look, I love yeah. those feel good stories. And so in that regard, I guess I'm happy for the Sharks, but God, I would have loved to see the Warriors win. Mm. Yeah. Kenny, I know we've been on the Warriors bandwagon all year. Yeah. Like it's, it's a real shame the, the Warriors, man, like I had this, the summary of this game framed as uh, a miraculous Warriors win. Like everything that was happening, I was, I was, well, yeah, working out how we were going to talk about this after this uh, amazing, amazing run the Warriors are on. And then all of a sudden it sort of fell to bits. But the Warriors team that we've seen this year has been like, they've got the, they've got like a grit about them now that we've always been saying the Warriors have been missing. Like there was a real period that for the first half of the second half, the Warriors just, um, I don't know, they seemed grubby, but in a really good and a playing by the rules kind of way, but like with a real grit and like a, like a, a grunt that they, and a gristle that they hadn't normally had. Um, so, I mean, it's good signs. It is a real shame because not only does this spell the end of the Warriors miracle season, but it also puts paid to, um, it puts the sword to the West Tigers, uh, Seagulls, and even looking at the ladder now, the yeah. Titans could have had a mathematical possibility as well. Yeah. That's four teams that Cronulla has just ruined <laughs> the rest of the year for. So I hope they're happy. And as someone who works in news, who is constantly looking for storylines, screw you guys. Hey, I'll tell you who I think you'll you'll see that kind of staunch in and and a big part of why the Warriors have been playing the way they are with a bit of grit and with just that kind that sturdiness that we haven't seen in a long time. Todd Payton, that man can absolutely Mm. coach. He's a superstar and I reckon you watch the Cowboys next year and I think you'll see something similar in them. He's a superstar. 
Yeah, he certainly is. Well, speaking of Todd Payton and the Cowboys, they were the earlier game on Sunday, um, scored first, and then an absolute brain explosion mm-hmm. of the highest order from Josh Maguire, and they pretty much dropped their bundle, scored some late tries, but it was all too late uh, by then. Yeah, the hammer. <laughs> he crossed first, and I think everyone got really excited, and then the Melbourne Storm do what they do best, and that's just clinically annihilate their opposition. But in Cowboys' defence, that second half, they made a bit of a comeback. They gave it a really good red-hot crack, and I think Craig Bellamy... Well, I know that he was disappointed because I saw some of his post-match comments after that. He was not a happy man at all. And you can understand that. I think they'll go back to the drawing board. And when I say go back to the drawing board, I think he'll put his team through a pretty rigorous session after that. It's not a great time of year to be playing the way the Melbourne Storm played. I think we all expected a, a much more comprehensive second half. They're certainly not known for slacking off to any degree. And look, credit to the Cowboys. They put in a, a good effort in the second half, but I still think it was probably more a reflection of a bit of complacency that slid into the storm there. And Cameron Smith, I mean, shirt mm. off during halftime. You don't have to see that. I mean, you see it from the likes of Josh Mansour and the other. Not really from Cameron Smith, so he meant business. Just reminding everyone who the uh, King Alpha is, I think. <laughs> yeah, the big dog. Yeah, exactly right. Kenny, we don't know what uh, Josh Maguire said, but it must have been bad, you'd assume, for the referee to instantly march him off the field. You, you guys are, uh, you know, in the media. You must have an inkling about what was said. You guys have the inside <laughs> line, so don't play dumb with me. But without, we won't start a rumor. But, but yeah, you're right. It must when it happened. I, I couldn't work out what was going on because there was no foul play involved, and all of a sudden, Daniel March for ten. It was he. He must have really roasted him. Um, and you know, good, 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 good on the ref for backing himself and sending him straight to the bin because you can't, like, you just can't accept that. So um, you know, I know alpha player right there um, but I'm with you I, I think Melbourne would be really disappointed with how this game went for them because it was very it was, attack was very Melbourne like the defense was not very Melbourne like at all mm. which was all in all incredibly un-Melbourne like that edge defense yeah. was really weak um, and the same with the Cowboys as well I think they'll probably if they hadn't if, if Maguire hadn't um, been sent for 10 and the game fell apart for them in, in the opening what 15 minutes the, with the, the way things ended out this Cowboys scored like you know three or three tries towards the back end of the game I think the game itself could have gone very differently for them. Um, so lost opportunity there as well. But yeah, I'm very keen to know what was said um, prior to this <laughs> So if you have, have any, uh, any details, the fans want to know. Any lip readers I don't know if we could know. ever repeat it on any kind of a big no. forum, even if we found out. <laughs> I suspect we couldn't. Um, anyway, that pretty much you know, the Cowboys, as we know, just pretty much looking forward to Mad Monday the last few weeks. A storm all but guaranteed a top two finish now. Mathematically can slip out, but you'd think they're going to be uh, second place behind the Panthers. Um, and third place at the moment is looking like it'll be the Roosters, who just absolutely put the sword to the Newcastle Knights on Saturday night. Probably... 42-12 almost flat as Newcastle. It was so dominant um, from what I was thinking when I was watching it. And Erin, am I just getting a bit carried away or was Sonny Bill ominously good in this game? It's incredible. You look at what he did in that first game and that first very short stint that he had last week. The improvement in him, mm. you know, six, seven days apart was phenomenal. He's mm. a superstar. He had two stints, two solid stints. We saw some offloads, great defence. Trent Robinson spoke afterwards and almost, I guess, intimated it was a perfect performance, exactly what he expected from him. 
I mean, he, he's just so dangerous. I'm just blown away by that improvement, having not played for six months, the age that he is. And even then, you know, all the issues and, and different things that he's been through, injuries. the quarantine, the travel, the whole thing, I just think that he will just continue injuries to get more and more dangerous as time goes on. I think a real concern for the Roosters, who should be very happy they put on a cricket-like score at the SCG, would be Boyd Cordner. And yeah. it's been a tough week for him already. And we, of course, send our love prayers out to Joel Dark, his cousin, who passed away after a local grade game in Newcastle. Just incredibly heartbreaking. But he obviously was taken off with concussion. And you listen to Trent Robinson, the Roosters coach, speaking after the game. And he almost went more towards the fact that the doctor removed him because it had been more emotional and that he was more winded than, than a head knock. And look, you've got to trust the Roosters' record when it comes to this. They, they haven't skipped a beat, really, with this stuff. Luke Keary spent a lot of time on the sidelines. So has Boyd Cordner in the past. They obviously take their welfare incredibly seriously. But... It's still a huge worry. I was speaking to Freddie on the Sunday footy show this week and he was saying that he's genuinely concerned about it. So that's, that's a negative for the Roosters, obviously. But I tell you what, on the field, their performance, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, when he comes back, who misses out? You know, when they have a mm. fully fit squad going into, say, the finals, into the grand final, which is where you'd expect them to be, I just feel so sorry for who misses out. Luke Keary, he was just awesome. He was a bit quiet last week, but you can understand that coming back from a broken rib. But I, Trent Robinson is just the king. You know, a couple of weeks ago, he calls out publicly James Tedesco, the best player in the world, who's been playing pretty bloody well all year. He goes up to a next level. Last week, the coach, Trent Robinson, calls out Luke Curie. Had a broken rib and he's saying, I just think we can get a little bit more from him. Comes out and has an absolute blinder. Kyle Flanagan was fantastic with the boot. He's just, they're just, in my opinion, and, and Trent Robinson's the king of resting players as they go along as well. That's almost been taken out of his hands this year. He hasn't had to because with injuries, he's had some of his biggest superstars on the sideline for different periods who are all starting to come back now. They're primed and ready to go. I can't see almost anyone at this stage, particularly given the performance Melbourne put in, beating the Roosters. Even the Panthers, I just think the experience of the Roosters when they're all fit and firing is just going to be too good. Yeah, look, um, I'm going to be perfectly honest and say I am so sick of the Roosters being so <laughs> unbelievably good. All those points you said, they like, they are the perfect team. And as, you know, they've won two grand finals in a row. After this game, I can't see anybody coming near them, like you said, Aaron. They're, they're just... They're so red hot and everything, like they, they, they got up to what, 42 points. None of those tries were pieces of individual brilliance. They were all mm. like team efforts or collective pieces of, of brilliance. Totally. That just shows, shows where the team's at. Like the most, I think it was their third try where, um, maybe it was their second or third try, three or four passes out from dummy half. Super puts a, a poor inside ball to Desco who has to take it behind him. But he knows there's going to be someone in support there, pops it up and Kiri comes through. Like he's on fire. He's running so fast and puts the ball down. And that just that's just the way the Roosters are playing. And it is tragic that <laughs> they're gonna win three in a row. And that's not because they deserve it because they're easily the best team. But man, come on. <laughs> like I know. I mean a bit yeah. of variety. Yeah, variety. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I dwell on the Knights, but um Adam O'Brien, very forthright in his press conference, very disappointed on his team's performance. They have a, a terrible one. They come out, turn it around, put in a great performance, come back out, put in another terrible performance. They're gonna play finals for the first time since twenty thirteen, but on current evidence they're not gonna be playing finals for more than one or two weeks if they can't no Ponga uh, of course in their defense yeah but true you can't rely on a you know on one superstar player but he obviously is a huge part of what they do but no excuse you think it was so just it was the poor. pressure of like that now they've made the finals and that's confirmed they may be just sort of 
because I'm sure that was looming over them large. Like we've we're so close mm. to making the finals, we can't we can't fall over the last hurdle. They've done well, it. Well, the Sharks, they... the pressure got to them <laughs> yeah, almost exactly. at the end as well. So, so absolutely, I reckon their they eye off it. Yeah, and of course they come up against the Roosters, who are unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not that you're no. hung up on that or anything. Yeah, um, anyway, we'll move on to the Titans. Of the Did Broncos. one of the roosters steal your girlfriend when you were in primary school? <laughs> no, I'm just a jaded Tigers fan that hasn't tasted success for so long. I, 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 I just want, I just want it to be shared. That's all. <laughs> we'll talk about the Titans and the Broncos. Won't dwell on it because neither team is going to play finals. Titans, as you touched on, Kenny, they're up actually level with those three other teams in basically equal ninth, which is pretty remarkable. Um, made a, a a really good fist of the second half of the season, won a few games. Broncos have never lost to the Titans uh, twice in the same season before. They've done that now, another sort of sorry chapter in a sorry season. Erin, what were your takes on this one? Yeah, look, I was really happy for one person in particular in the Titans, and that's Ash Taylor. He often, you know, he, he's an easy target for a lot of people. He's on a lot of money, and when you're on a lot of money, you're expected to deliver week in, week out. That hasn't been the case for him thus far in his career but I thought it was really, really good, set up a try. It was just really effective all over the park. And I just think the brand of footy the Titans are playing, I tell you what, if I hear one more of my colleagues, i.e. the big man, Peter Sterling, Brad Fittler, talk about how much they love the brand of footy that the Titans are playing, <laughs> I'll probably be as sick as you are about the Roosters enjoying success. But it's true. They are just playing great football. And the decision of the Titans to extend the contract of Justin Holbrook, I don't think was premature at all. I think he's doing a great job with that squad. And you look at the three or four blokes that they've recruited to go there next year, one of mm. whom is, of course, playing with the Broncos at the moment. I think they're laying the foundation for what's going to be a really successful next few years. Yeah, this was the Titans are playing happy, and that's something that we haven't seen them for a long time. Mm. And that is, like, again, like Aaron, what you said, it's Ash Taylor. Like, he's, he's smiling. And I, I used to make fun of him in that, like, he looks like he's probably the second saddest looking player in the, uh, in the NRL outside of <laughs> Dal Copley. Dal Copley, who also plays for the Titans. <laughs> so, like, they, they always just look so sad. And this game, they're happy, joyful, energetic, bright. Like, their, 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 um, their demeanour matched, like, the, the colour tones of their uniform. Like, bright, <laughs> happy and sunshine. And I think that's great to see. So, we've been speaking the last couple of weeks that the Titans are, are clearly building in a good way for next year. And I, um, I hope that continues because it's about time they, they saw success. They're, they're uh, a team and a fan base um, that's worthy of it. And, um, you know, they've been, they've been struggling for, for long enough. So, um, yeah, let's go Titans. It was a great game for them. Yeah, Move on to the, uh, the Dragons and the Raiders there, and I'll let you run away with this one. You must have enjoyed <laughs> in particular the second half of the Mighty Green Machine. Oh, it was amazing. You know, the amount of people that wrote the Raiders off when Josh Hodgson, and he is a very crucial part of what we've done over the past few years, and particularly when we thought Papali as well might be injured a week back. The Raiders will just keep on coming. Ricky Stewart, does he never lets them feel or become defeated. And I just love what they did. My favourite performance, and it was so hard to pick between these two, Hudson Young and Jack White. And I just thought mm. Hudson Young, he's a great young kid. He's 22 years old. He's from Maitland. He was phenomenal. He was player of the match, in my opinion. He was so, so good. One of the best forwards for Canberra. And that's a big call, given the calibre of forwards that we boast. But to come back from what he's been through, and he had a couple of eye-gouging incidents, and he's owned that, which is fantastic. He spoke this morning on the Sunday footy show and spoke about the fact that after the first incident, he didn't own that. But he had a really frank conversation with Brad Fittler. And he owned the second one. He missed a grand final. That's as hard as it gets for any player. And any player will tell you that. That's as hard as it gets. He deserved to because what he did was incredibly wrong. But I love redemption stories. And I love 
young kids who do something wrong and who grow up and learn from it. And I really genuinely think he has. He's a supreme talent. And the other one, Jack White, and he is just next level. A lot of people question Freddie's decision to pick him in State of Origin. He showed glimpses of, of brilliance for Canberra, but hadn't done it really consistently. He'd moved into a new position. But I tell you what, he is just next level. What he can do with the football is phenomenal. And I love even that first State of Origin where he screwed up. The next thing he does is an incredible play that sets up a try. He's just, he never lets himself get down. He never loses confidence when he makes an error. And that's the kind of, he's just the, the ultimate competitor. But I just thought Canberra all over. I thought, just, just the balance of the team now is just going well. The Englishmen are just killing it as they always do. And I, I just love Kotrick on the way. I think everyone is just playing great footy. It's a great time of year. It would be wonderful if we had Hodgson. But I think Canberra's really starting to build it a nice time. And they're confident. And confidence is absolutely everything. Dragons, I thought, were just pretty abysmal, to be honest. Not to take anything away from Canberra. But I just thought they were all over the shop. And their roster is better than that. And they should be playing better than what they are now. And poor Dean Young, they had that wonderful debutante, Cody Ramsey, whose mother also, Kenny, we can't talk about what she said. When, when that <laughs> I think we all worked it out, though. <laughs> we all worked it out. We don't need to be lip readers. But Dean Young came out afterwards and said he was our best player. A debutante was our best player. And that is devastating for every other player in our squad. He was gutted. So I, I feel for him. I reckon this game was just pure catharsis for, for Dragons fans who didn't feel that they were allowed to be angry and uh, to, to vent their frustration enough after Mary McGregor left. Um, and then after this game, like, if you want to have, if you want to see the depths of, 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 um, uh, of pure um, sorrow, scroll Dragons Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it, was a, it was a bad place to be. Um, so is that yeah, where I you think go if you're feeling down on yourself. Like, is that that's right? You'll feel much better about yourself. Three, yeah. <laughs> is that what Twitter was made for? Um, so yeah, the, the Raiders, the Raiders were, were brilliant um, and, and good on them as well. I hope they, you know, I hope they do great things this year because I'm counting on them and a few other teams to stop the Roosters. Aaron, do you think <laughs> yeah. we can start a, a Change.org petition or a GoFundMe to get John Bateman and his family set up in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you see, he's, he's kept the door open, which they always do. But yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that video. You, I'm sure you did. And I'm, I'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys probably broadcasted on NRL.com when he told his mum and his little girl. Mm. And as, as a new-ish mum, I've got a two-year-old. I tell you what, I leave home at maybe 12 o'clock on a Friday afternoon to go to work. And I get home about 11 p.m. midnight. And I just have this sick feeling in my stomach when I'm away from her. And it's just, it's, I'm sure that will wear off, by the way, as she gets older. <laughs> but the thought of being away from my child and he has been away from his child for a long time now. And it's a sacrifice he's making for her future, but I could never begrudge as a passionate green machine Raiders fan. Mm. I, I'm really happy that he's going to go home. He's going to be with his family, but yeah, absolutely. If they'd all come over here, mate, yeah. next level. It'd be amazing. <laughs> he's such a huge loss for us. I, I tend to think last year was our chance. I, I really think that was mm. probably the best chance we'll have with this group of players, but I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they have been remarkable since. Uh, I'm guilty of it too. I put a line through them once Hodgson went down, but the written uh, yeah. resilience in that team, the form of uh, young Josh Starling covering at, at hooker, right. trying to be Josh Hodgson, just trying to be Josh Starling, and you know, all the middle forwards they've lost between you know Soliola. Soliola might be back as well after that horrific injury. I think he might yeah. be available next week or the week after. Which He's getting amazing. very close, but yeah, the, the yeah. improvement in guys like Joe Tarpany and Ryan Sutton in the absence mm. of those guys has has been huge for them. But um, anyway, let's move. 
move on, Kenny, I'll start with you. Friday night, the Panthers and the Eels, 20-2. to two, Almost, you know, Parramatta's defence, I thought, was very impressive, very resilient, given what was thrown at them. But Penrith, a number of errors on the attack, dominated possession, could easily have won this one by a lot more. This felt like 80 minutes of pure assault on Parramatta. I don't know how they mm-hmm. held out for as long as they, as long as they did. It was... Um, a great effort by them to stay in the game because the, it, it was relentless. It just felt like, like, uh, like you said, like like someone is getting knocked over by wave after wave at the beach or something. Like it just, it, it felt like just felt like it didn't stop and it was so intense. Um, and I think Parramatta can take because Parramatta have copped a lot of heat and surprisingly they've copped a lot of flack after this game as well, saying like their attacks, their attacks, their blah blah blah. Um, I didn't see it that way at all. I thought their their attack probably wasn't as sharp as it could have been, but that's because Penrith are also so hot at the moment. But to hold the, that endless, like it seemed like it was endless, a Panthers attack to only 18 points, which really only cracked towards the end of the game as well. I think they can take a lot out of it. Um, and Penrith, we've been saying they've been playing uh, fit, fast, and energetic for the, the you know basically since resumption, and it continued because they were they were fit, fast, and strong and relentless in this game. So I think both teams played quite well. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, absolutely. And Brad Arthur came out, maybe even today, I think, and spoke about the fact that there were no excuses for the loss. But he said, you try taking your hooker and your star half out of any team. You know, no Reid Marnie, no Dylan Brown. And I just thought their defence in that first 40 in particular was just stoic. It was incredibly brave. And there was a lot of criticism post that match that this was Mitch Moses' time to stand up. He had to take control. He had to lay on the points. It was his game to win for Parramatta. You try doing that off the back of a forward pack that they're getting no metres whatsoever, no ground. So I think that was probably a little bit unfair, that criticism. Yeah, I don't write off the eels at all. I think they've done enough this year to get themselves into a position now where they can falter a little bit. I think they get Dylan Brown back maybe the first week of finals. I think Reid Marnie's back next week. And I think you'll see a very different Parramatta side. You look at the Tigers without, you know, without their hooker. You look at Melbourne Storm didn't have Cameron Smith. It's, it's, we all know how crucial the position is. And I, I think people are being a little bit unfair by writing them off because of that performance. Penrith, just next level. Nathan Cleary has just gone to a whole new level this year. He's just an absolute superstar. Their forwards are playing incredibly well. You know, Luai, it, just everyone all across the park is playing brilliant football. I still just don't think they'll beat the Roosters, though. I, I look at them. They're fairly young. Yes, they've got some old heads like Mansoor and Tamal. But I just, I can't see any team beating the Roosters. I, I just see them as young and, and kind of, Having not luck because they've been incredible all year, but I think coming up against a full strength Roosters side, I don't think they'll stand a chance. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I want to touch on what you said about uh, Mitch Moses. I saw a lot of tweets attacking him and the Eels lost because Moses offered nothing in attack. Oh. And I'm thinking, when your team is inside their own 20 for the entire game and has no ball, what are you expecting? Andrew Johns, peak yeah. 39% possession. If you can't get your hands on the ball in the opposition half, yeah, that's on you know the the possession of the forwards. I don't think any halfback in the world would have made a, a huge difference for for Parramatta with the way that game panned out. And Peter yeah. Sterling, obviously well qualified to comment, made exactly that point after the match. So he was actually, and he's not afraid to to be critical of Moses or of the Eels, but he made that point straight after the match that. Mm he wouldn't have been able to do anything that it wasn't Mitchell Moses's fault. Well, I'm glad to hear my assessment is the same as Peter Sterling's. I must be doing something. Ah, you know what? Peter Sterling just copied it. One of the two. Somebody well, watched the Sunday footy show. <laughs> I did actually watch the Sunday footy show. I don't think I saw the post game, but uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, we'll talk about the, the Bulldogs Mate, and the Seagulls. everything I give is something I've copied off the experts. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
That's what we journalists do. We, you know, filter the, the good opinions and present it to the masses. Yeah. Uh, the Bulldogs and the Seagulls. I smelled a bit of an upset in this one, uh, which has probably happened a few times with the Bulldogs. But uh, once it panned out, you know, Daly Chervin's put his stamp on it. Manly mm. too good in the end. And Dogs, it looks like they're going to uh, be consigned to that last spot on the ladder, unfortunately, for them. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, the Dogs, that first 20 or 30 minutes or so, I thought they were, you know, they were pretty impressive. But... Daly Chair Evans, he's the captain of Queensland for a reason and he just orchestrated, you know, a great win for the, the Seagulls and they deserve that. They've had a horror year, some really, really bad injuries. I, I read a couple of days ago that they're looking at extending Des Hasler. I guess you can't judge him on his performance this year. With, I mean, every every team has injuries, but I think Manly have been particularly badly affected. Um, Morgan Harper against his old team was, I think he scored a couple of tries last week on debut and he was just fantastic, ran for over 200 metres, scored another try. I think he, he's a real superstar in the making as well. So, yeah, I, I think the doggies, I think you're right, I think they'll find themselves with a wooden spoon, which is sad, but you know what? It means next year they can only improve. So, bright mm. side. And I like that. Oh, yeah, every cloud's got a silver lining. Yes, mind you, they could win the spoon again and maybe with less points. So it's not actually given that they'll improve. Yeah. Big job ahead for uh, for Trent Barrett next year. You touched on Morgan Harper, the fact that dogs let him go. And with no you know, disrespect intended to all of your Marcelo Montoyas and Kerrit Hollands and everyone mm. else in their back line, you kind of wonder how Harper didn't crack a, a Guernsey for them uh, before heading over to Manly. And she had two outstanding weeks in the, the past four oh. months, a real superstar of the future. Well, so I think the same with a lot of players from the West Tigers that they've let go of you. You just, you know, mm. you shake your head. I don't yeah. get it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Tigers. Uh, Kenny, our resident long-suffering Tigers fan. I was covering <laughs> this game. I was out there at um, Bankwest at 20 to nil. I thought we were in for a, a cricket score, but you know, I didn't see the, the entertainment level of that second half coming at that point. Yeah, I want to I just park the result. So yeah, that's sad. I'm a Tigers <laughs> fan, blah, blah, blah. This game was so much fun. It was just... Like, and I, I, I was so emotionally invested in the result, but I, I didn't want it to end, even though I knew the Tigers were going to, like, you know, the Tigers are likely going to lose. It was just, it had everything. Like, the, the drama, three sin bins, like, that, just that in itself is crazy. But then, like, the slick all-or-nothing plays from Benji Marshall, you know, like, as the fans will bemoan his last one, which was their best opportunity to, to get the lead and, and probably win the game. Okay, fine, that one wasn't the best. But, like, he did three others that came off and that, you know, we all, we all praised him for. It was, it was just an amazing game. Yeah, 20 nil down, um, I was ready to switch it off. And then, you know, the, the comeback, it was on. And when a comeback, when a comeback starts to build, it's like, you know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a cake. You have to nurture it. You've got to watch it, make sure it's hot, <laughs> really pay attention to it. And I thought it was going to happen. It was just... I loved every second of it. And if I was going to show someone, um, you know, this is this, this is this game that I love, this crazy sport club I believe you've never seen before, watch this. Um, I reckon it's, it's a great example to, to bring someone in on because it, just, it was just entertainment. I loved it. I'm just still trying to figure out how you nurture a cake. I generally just <laughs> eat it. <laughs> but, but hey, it's You've yeah, obviously look, never I'm, made a sponge before. No, I actually haven't. <laughs> I'm not very good in the kitchen. I have other skills, but not cooking. <laughs> so not my strength. But yeah, look, I can't believe you were almost considering turning it off at 20 nil. Did you not watch the week before? I thought well, the West Tigers were going to pull off a miraculous <laughs> comeback for two weeks in a row. And look, Madge is a good mate of mine. And I sent him a text after the match last week and he said, as I needed that. And I thought, oh, God, I was just, oh, I was really hoping for them. And, you know, I love the bunnies as well, but I was really hoping that the Tigers were going to pull this one off as well. And, you know, Benji Marshall, Magic, Harry Grant, Benji Marshall, two of the best players on the field, and they're losing them both next year, which is, you know, 
which is tough, yeah. tough for fans, yeah. tough for the club. But yeah, I just thought it was just drama filled. It's just one of those games that you just love to watch. It's just riveting. The brawl as well. And, you know, the brawl when you've got kind of Brooks and Gagai. It's just, I thought it was just great rugby league. We had a bit of bring back the biff, which as long as no one's seriously injured, I think most rugby league fans love that element of it when it creeps back in every now and then. So it was just a great game. You're exactly right. It's the kind of game of rugby yeah. league that, that you'd show to someone who's not into the sport and say, this is the kind of excitement and the yeah. thrills that our sport provides. And, and yeah, it was entertainment plus, regardless of the result. I actually quite enjoy the press conference of this one. Like I said, I was out there for NRL.com and um, we were talking to Madge and he was, you know, he was pretty chipper given the, you know, the, the, the significance of the loss. And he was asked about the, the punch from Luke Brooks and he just, you could, he wasn't going to say it, but you could tell he was like, yeah, like that was he was just happy about it. He wasn't going to say like I enjoyed the fight, but he sort of said it sparked the team up, and he, like he didn't criticize yeah. Brooksy at all, even though he knew he was probably going to be sitting out for a week. And then um, Wayne Bennett got asked about it, and he's you know what did you think of the fight, Wayne? He's typically gruff way. He was like, was there a fight? It's a bit of a scuffle. Like it was, <laughs> no one got hurt. Like he, so Wayne Bennett. Yeah, he didn't have any criticisms for them. Either. I was actually speaking uh, after the game too to Alex Johnston, who obviously uh, extended his deal during the week, um, and the, he very quickly let off with how embarrassed he was about um, dropping the the ball with a line open, a critical time in the match, a chance to put it beyond doubt, and it slipped through his grasp. And he said he was joking. Yeah, lucky I, I resigned the deal during the week. They're, they're stuck with me now, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I, I feel even more sorry for him because we had him on the Sunday. Well, show that's not my next question. <laughs> Mate, well, sorry. Go, see, I'm used to doing your job. Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, well, first of all, he's also targeting. He's close to 100 tries. And he said if he can just figure out how to catch the ball and put it down, he'll be getting 100 <laughs> tries sooner than later. Um, but then I saw him on the Sunday footy show this morning and Brad Fittler just gave it to him both barrels oh i was but poor aj took it in his stride <laughs> he was he was ruthless we're not going to have a guest left the way that freddie goes with him he um poor alex was just blo- i mean it was we pl- replayed the bloody drop ball about 40 times i think and freddie at the end asked him to go check his bread basket yeah. and i tell you i don't know if you saw hudson young but we do a little check during the commercial breaks yeah. And so during the commercial break, I'm kind of saying, oh, you know, Hudson, great to have you. You can hear me. That audio is okay. And he's saying, yeah, no, it is. And I said, oh, great job. You know, it was career best performance. Really, really love watching you play. And he said, oh, you know, thanks. It was good to get the two points. And in jumps Freddie. Ah, oh, don't bloody use those cliches. If you use those cliches on the show, and this is Hudson's first time on the show, so he's probably a bit nervous. <laughs> Freddie absolutely smashes him and says, don't you or we're going to cut you off, blah, blah, blah. So then we're on air. I welcome him and I say, oh, Hudson, it was great to watch you play. You had a great match. Um, how did it feel out there? And he kind of just went, yeah, it was good. And then just stopped. <laughs> I'm like, Freddie, he's too nervous to say anything. So Freddie is ruthless and he's brutal. He's also one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. But yeah, he's yeah. still, he is very funny. <laughs> I did see Hudson, and after the first question, I was like, is he okay? <laughs> he looks a little bit rattled. <laughs> he warmed into it, which was yeah. nice, but he's a little bit caught off guard at the yeah, start. Yeah, no, he it. was actually turned into great talent, but that's why. I reckon he was about yeah, to yeah. say something that might have been good to be out there with the boys or something like that, and he stopped himself to avoid the wrath of Freddie. Well, Freddie was so on he tear. He asked Nathan Cleary, Nathan, do you ever call Ivan Daddy at training or whatever it was? <laughs> Dad, you call him Daddy. It's, it's a very professional show. <laughs> I, I do enjoy it every week. Um, is that all eight games? That's all eight games. We've talked about all of it. Yeah. Top eights. I think it settled is. in. We've done it with 
two or three minutes to spare. Good job, everyone. Some you are. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for fun. coming on. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, everyone, of course, for listening. We'll be back, uh, obviously, next Sunday uh, with some more Sunday session. We'll see you all then.